Transmitting from the Mojave Wilderness in Joshua Tree, California. Now is the time for Desert Oracle Radio, the voice of the desert. Night has fallen on the desert. A new year and a new decade in our current case is a time of reflection whether we want it or not. It's impossible to ignore the new year because you don't even need a calendar to know what's happening. It's really winter now and the days become a little bit longer, a little bit more daylight so you can get out and do whatever it is you need to do. But unless you live in a cave with no cell service or Wi-Fi or newspapers or magazines or the TV or a neighbor who made the unfortunate assumption that you want to hear his opinions on the news, you are aware that we are in a time of discontent. The situation is not all bad. There are hopeful signs everywhere. Sometimes briefly camouflaged by dreadful signs. And then there are dreadful signs that are just plain dreadful. And all you can do is keep going. And remember that there are always dreadful signs for those of us who are on watch duty. You can drive yourself crazy with the bad news with a cold analysis of current events. So why not try personal reflection? That's sort of popular these days. Better to engage in a little personal reflection at the start of a new year a new decade, let everybody else go nuts about the wars and the economy and the politics for a while. I guarantee they won't miss you. They're not listening anyway. They're just making noise. today, but you can change something in yourself if it's bothering you. You can quit vaping, maybe, or quit watching 12 hours of TV a day, or get outside and get some exercise, which is free and requires no gym membership, no yoga instructor, no guru, no personal trainer. You can change something that will affect your long term. When decades and centuries end, a lot of people really take stock of their lives. Sometimes they blame themselves for things that are not of their own making, not their own fault. If you really wanted to be a major league baseball pitcher and you just weren't born with that sort of arm 
Well, you can still play baseball and have fun. But don't beat yourself up for not being one of the 50 or so people on Earth at any given time who might be pitching in the major leagues. Don't worry about it. Don't beat yourself up for not accomplishing something that you never worked for in the first place. I've had tragic barroom conversations with all kinds of people in states of permanent distress because they wanted to win the Nobel Prize in science or they wanted to be a famous inventor or they wanted to be the Pope. And you might say, you know, you're not even Catholic, etc. And all the tears just flow. But there is a new decade ahead, whether we want it or not. And it is a good time to get everything in line, get everything in order, so you can finally move to the desert like you've always wanted to do. Volunteer at the National Park or the Land Trust. Plant baby cactus. Just sit on your two and a half acres and enjoy the clouds going by. Enjoy the ravens flying overhead. And do not let that nut job on the next parcel over start with his political opinions. You prevent that problem by never allowing it to start. A friendly wave from a safe distance is about as much as you want to do there.
George Van Tassel, architect of the Integratron, speaking at Giant Rock in 1958. Let's open up the Desert Oracle mailbag, if I can even find the thing. I've been dragging it around for half a year now, trying to figure out where to put the thing so I will remember to get a letter or a postcard out now and then. I do read all the letters and postcards. And I even... Read some of the email and Facebook messages and whatever, but that's a joyless pursuit. So I just sort of skim that stuff. It takes a little time and effort to put a stamp on an envelope or a postcard. It takes a little time to write your message by hand or type it out on a typewriter. And as a result, letters and postcards are almost always good and emails and text messages and notifications and DMs and social media messages, etc. are almost always bad. Somebody sitting on a toilet somewhere decides to type with their thumbs for a few seconds until their boss bursts in and says, get back to work. I mean, how is that going to be good? Dear Desert Oracle, I listened to your episodes about the cattle mutilations. Very spooky. I know you said nobody has ever been arrested and no suspects have ever been named. So what's going on? Those ranchers in Australia talked about aliens and government conspiracies and robots and the American ranchers talked about devil worshippers but you did not seem to accept any of those hypotheses I am curious to know if you have a personal theory Samantha in Tucson. P.S. Please don't use my last name. Well, thanks for writing, Samantha, and thanks for the nice card. It's a saguaro cactus wearing a Santa Claus hat and some of those old-fashioned Christmas bulbs. And the cactus has rosy cheeks, which is festive. And it's a cartoon, so I don't want any of our touchier listeners getting riled up and wanting to find out who put a Santa hat on the cactus. I think the cattle mutilation situation has something to do with us, with our habits of old. Because we got the idea that invisible spirits took satisfaction from our acknowledgement of their existence and presumed power. 
And we began offering some of our food animals to these unseen gods and devils. People of the Stone Age and Bronze Age and Iron Age made burnt offerings to the spirits and forces they believed had an impact on their lives. We would ritually slaughter an animal, maybe a bull to Jupiter or a goat to Yahweh, a stag or maybe a human prisoner to Odin. And then we hoped these forces would show us some special care, at least some mercy. And then the world changed. We quit being afraid of the gods and devils because we mostly quit believing in them. We quit believing in their real presence in our daily lives. Maybe the old spirits and the old demons miss when we sacrifice bulls and lambs to them. It wasn't that long ago, not in demon years. They would be aware that we are still here, but we don't sacrifice livestock anymore. Maybe they're angry about this. And every now and then they build up enough energy to zap onto the rangeland and laser knife a bunch of parts that look tender and they eat it up like some blood fuel and then they vanish in a flash of light. They disintegrate back into the ether. Now oftentimes with these weird stories, these encounters with the others... There is a message, a moral. People come back from the experience with a purpose, an understanding. They often become intensely committed to environmental causes. And they seem to burn brighter, somehow cured of the existential crisis. Because they are now branded with some mysterious psychic mark. These are moments of transcendence, of being born again. The founders of every world religion experienced something like this and became so transformed that they accumulated followers and adherents who hoped to ritually reproduce that moment. Religion. It's our weirdest invention, if we invented it at all. Because for all we know, we were taught to worship the swirling intelligence that occasionally manifests itself. Just often enough to be memorable, just enough to make sure we never forget it's out there. We were taught to give it meat. And then we stopped. We became rational. We got real, did some adulting. We believed in facts and figures and the basic rules of the game. But it turns out somebody, something, anything can just turn over the chessboard. What are you going to do about it? That's right, just what they figured. 
You're not going to do anything much. Did you think the multimedia holographic electoral map was going to prevent somebody from flipping the chessboard? In a time of magic, anything can happen. The forces are swirling around looking for a host, looking for things that make them strong. But like my friend Brendan Mays always says, maybe your concept of good and evil means nothing to them. And you know that is likely to be the case. Maybe it's artificial intelligence running a contact program that attempts to anticipate the development of our mental and psychic abilities. Trying to run a balance between the romantic and practical aspects of human nature, who knows? Maybe someday we'll figure out the code and it's the DNA of a roadrunner divided by the RNA of a jackrabbit, something like that. Spiritual division, very complicated. Probably involves quantum spectrum monitoring, maddar modes. The whole enchilada. And maybe it's trying to tell us something about beef about the keeping of cattle, one of the key elements of the development of our human civilization. You know the oldest known ceremonial temple on Turkey's grassland with the great columns with the relief carvings of scorpions and snakes? The understanding today is that the place served as a giant beer and barbecue festival grounds. An early Coachella. People did not seem to live there full time. Instead, they came in droves at certain times of the year. The solstice and the equinox, most likely. And they harvested wheat to make beer and great brew houses. And then the cattle were fenced in off the grassland and were slaughtered to feed the masses and surely to feed the spirits, the forces, the ones who called themselves gods. What a time that must have been. People would have been chanting and singing and playing drums and pan flutes and probably dancing around or standing solemnly and maybe the gods would even make an appearance now and then like happens sometimes in the Old Testament a column of fire on the desert a fire that did not burn the ground that's a spotlight that's a spotlight that comes out of the belly of something that doesn't mind pacing you and your fellow travelers at all Get Moses over here, see if he can explain this. What's the message? What are they trying to say? I think it's a message about the cattle business, honestly. That's something like 20% of all greenhouse gases. They're gassing up the joint all over the world and more in the places where Western tastes are spreading. 
And I'm all for Western taste, but it's hard to think about the absurdity of the cattle mutilations and not think it's an environmental message. Like the environmental messages that contactees have received since the days of George Van Tassel up at Giant Rock. I mean, they've got the no-cow burgers and tacos all over the high desert now, and people are buying it up, the kids in particular. They do not have the luxury of dying before it gets real bad. So the kids know in their hearts. They better know. So, Samantha, on the subject of cattle mutilations, I would like to offer these two theories which make more sense than the space alien and government conspiracy and cow-killing cult theories that are all openly spoken of by ranch owners and law enforcement. The mutilations might be done by lonely demons who are pretty dumb but have some occasional brute force to show their unhappiness with being forgotten by these modern ranchers with their iPads and their Disney Plus. And the mutilations might be symbolic language meant to save our own hides, as it were. Are there lessons in the mutilations about how lab-grown meat might work better, be more cost-efficient and better in general? Growing organ tissue is much more complex than growing muscle meat, it turns out. That's what these new fake meat companies, meat alternative companies, are learning. Maybe we should look into that. As for ranches, I love the old ranches, the old ranchos, and western ranches with buffalo are pretty easy on the environment, it turns out. Make them all buffalo ranches, lots of room for everybody. And the rest of the ranches, you make those conservation areas, you buy those ranches with conservation tax money, you keep the people living there, working the land there. Healthy rangeland is incredible when it comes to being a natural, cheap, and easy carbon sink. Cottonwoods and grassland, even dried up old desert range is a tremendous carbon sink. And it just gets better when you don't overgraze it and leave it alone. Like that Chernobyl. We could do without the radioactive fallout part. We've had quite enough of that in the desert southwest. From Amboy to Zizix and across the Great Mojave Wilderness, this has been Desert Oracle Radio. We broadcast Friday nights from KCDZ 107.7 FM and Joshua Tree. New sounds tonight by Red, Blue, Black, Silver. Go see his whole discography on Bandcamp. Get our podcast wherever. If you're still in the giving state of mind, we run this operation off the occasional proceeds from our pocket-sized field guide published on a consistently irregular schedule, but always worth the wait, we like to think. Subscribe to that if you like, and we've also got a Patreon set up as well. Become a patron of Desert Oracle for as little as $2 a month. Thank you for listening, and good night from the Voice of the Desert.